bit confused, doll. See, you didn't read the fine print of that contract. See, I was thinking for the past week, you know, I'm gonna have many future SummerSlam moments, but the guy that you're gonna face may not have many left. So the contract that you just signed for SummerSlam isn't me versus you, no. It is you versus someone else. He's here! The indomitable Goldberg! Marching to the ring! Dolph Ziggler has said some incendiary things about Goldberg in recent weeks. And Dolph Ziggler wants nothing to do with Goldberg here tonight! Guess what, son? You're next. And it's official. It'll happen Sunday at SummerSlam. The return of Goldberg versus Dolph Ziggler. Sweet music from the Heartbreak Kid. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette and with me once again as always is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Justin, I'm so sorry because I know we're doing a podcast here, not a shoot interview, but I've got to come out swinging on something. Okay, go ahead. I'm not going to name this person, but there's a friend of ours who told me when it's hot out, mm -hmm. you eat spicy food. Yeah. And it's going to raise your body temperature and the, the temp, you know, it's not going to feel it's hot outside. And I thought I mean, that's the that's like the Indian trick, right? Oh, is that is that yeah, with the chai tea, right? Well, then no, they their their food is so spicy and their climate is so warm, right? That it, like exactly like you just said, it keeps the, their body temperature up so that the the hot doesn't feel hot because you're you're always on that level. Okay, well, th I mean, maybe that's good for some people. That's all well and good for people. Are you coming who... out swinging against the great nation of India? Well, no, I love their food, and listen, their food was not what I I uh, went to remedy this heat with for myself. Jinder Mahal, of course, your <laughs> favorite WWE champion. Everybody knows that. Yeah. That's uh, my favorite title reign of fin all time. Finally, brought prestige to the belt. <laughs> that's what everybody's been saying for years, and I agree with them. Uh, so I go and get a nice a nice green Thai curry this afternoon. And they go, how spicy do you want it? Mm -hmm. And normally I'm in the the three space. So yeah. I'll one to five zone. I go, hey, it's a little hot out today. But this time you were like, just fuck my shit up. You fuck my shit up. I said, well, how about what's? I said, is there like half points? And she said, yeah. I said, how about like four, four and a half? She goes, are you sure? It's pretty hot. And I go, yeah, it's it's hot outside. I'm thinking. 
Mm-hmm. So I go and I eat this curry. And I'm loving it. You know I like the spicy Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. food. I'm loving it. I feel like they don't say that I'm loving it anymore, do they? They no, just they do the ba da ba 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 Now that's marketing. I mean, you can just <laughs> say the jingle and we all still. I mean, it's that's the power of Timberlake, right? Like <laughs> he, the man I don't know force. if he wrote that jingle, no, but he, he certainly performed it. He did. Well, maybe should I say I shouldn't say for sure he wrote it. I think you're right though. I'm I do think he did. For like an ungodly amount of money yes. is how it's standing out in my mind. But th- listen, this story wasn't going to go anywhere except to say I feel like I was like double sweating all afternoon. No, I f- I think you're right. I'm with you on this one because I have been you know that I am a man who likes uh, some ramen on occasion. Yes, you do. That uh, the ramen gojira yes. on Dunsmuir is like my favorite restaurant. It's a great place to go for ramen. So I've been there a couple times over the course of the summer. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just come out of it as a sweaty <laughs> mess. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm an like... absolute disaster. <laughs> <laughs> and so, listen, I, I'm not saying this doesn't work for anybody else. I'm just saying I feel a little bit hoaxed this week. So that's the attitude I'm approaching this show with. But let's put that aside, JMO, because I think there's a lot of reason for excitement between for me and for you and for us. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to be back doing this with you because we didn't get to put out an episode last week. Taking a week off makes it feel like it's been years since we've done this show for me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And last week we were like, well, what are we going to do? We're just going to preview SummerSlam. And... Uh, our SummerSlam preview feels radically different just on yes. the other side of uh, this goofy-ass story they've told with Roman Reigns over the well, last seven days. Do we want to start there? No. Okay. No. We got, like we can start there when we get into uh, right. uh, the build to SummerSlam proper. But but you were going to say you're excited about something altogether different, and I want to let you talk about that. The build to the build to SummerSlam. You and I going to Toronto in probably, what, less than 48 hours at this point. You would a 2 a.m. flight, me on a 6 a.m. one if you're wondering how Ball and Justin and I are. Uh, heading over to Toronto. You're going to be taking in SummerSlam and TakeOver. Myself, I believe, just TakeOver, but I might look for cheap SummerSlam tickets day of. Haven't decided yet. Well, Where's- I'm I'm the absolute wild man. I'm doing all four in a row. Do you think you're going to go to all four? I mean, I have the tickets, so I think I will, yeah. If you if you Tuesday are still still like, you know what? I'm looking forward to SummerSlam. You might you might take the mantle and be the shitty wild man. I think I'm more excited for Tuesday than Monday. Mm, I that's understandable. If, I think if I had to sit through three hours of something, I would rather it be SmackDown, Smackdown and 205. 205 than Raw. That actually makes a lot of sense. But I think both, like, this, these are big Raws and big SmackDowns. Like, this and After Mania are the two biggest of the year, right? So where are you in excitement level for this weekend? Forget about the show. I just mean getting there. Listen, we're going to go a little self-indulgent yeah. here. We're traveling. We're going to see a bunch of the listeners. We're going to be taking in the wrestling. We're going to be doing our thing. Well, well, right now I'm still in kind of a nervous, anxious energy okay. space. All right. Because uh, let's should we peel back the curtain and reveal how many people I'm interviewing here in the, over the next three days? No. Okay. Well, can I say at least two of them that see, I'm doing tomorrow morning? Of course. Ricochet and Kevin Owens who, are who going to uh, join me on the phone tomorrow morning morning before I fly out and uh, I I know what I want to talk about with Kevin Owens and I kind of know what I want to talk about with Ricochet also it's just like the framing and like the way I get to the topics that I want to do and like how I start off I haven't figured that out and I'm really anxious about it especially with Ricochet for some reason but I feel like once I get those first two out of the way the rest of the trip should go you're gonna be great you know it 
I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate that faith. If you can drag me to something serviceable, imagine two guys. I mean, Ricochet. Now, there's a promo. I went back and listened to Ricochet's appearance on Stone Cold from 2016, before he was even in WWE. That's a good idea. Just to do some research and and get to know him. And and yeah, he's very talkative. And I feel like if I hit the right topics, I maybe only have to ask him like three questions the entire time. Would you like me to pitch a question that you could use? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Ask him if anyone ever wants to call him Pricochet. Because he's an asshole. Yeah, that's how I would lead. <laughs> Just put him on his heels, you know. Let him know who the man is. Exactly. Like stand down. Challenge him. Uh, so you're a little bit anxious. Yeah, but it's it's all because I turned this into a work trip. Yeah. And that should be – I shouldn't be anxious about that. I should be thrilled about that. I should be ecstatic that I have successfully – uh, gotten media accreditation from WWE. Like, that should be one of the biggest things that's ever happened in my life. No, I don't know. Turning a vacation into work, I could understand feeling weird about that yeah. and like, having some stresses with it. But also, yeah, it's just like I can feel that these are the most high-profile interviews I've ever done in my life. For sure. And there's a ton of pressure that goes along with that. Very understandable. But then I, as soon as it's done, like my final media event is on Saturday afternoon. And as soon as that's over, I get to meet up with you and the rest of our friends yep. and kind of get liquored up and go to TakeOver. And then the rest of the trip is a, is a, is a fantasy land. That is – yeah, that's exactly what I'm expecting. The cold gold and the brown liquor are going to flow with good friends. <laughs> and uh, you best hit me up and it's going to be a great time. We're all going out after TakeOver on Saturday. So uh, it's going to be an incredible time. Hell yeah. Man, man, I think we've got to get into it and uh, actually talk about some of this grappling. Yeah, before we get into SummerSlam, though, yes. something big happened this past oh, week. Oh, yeah, of course. And I, I wanted to bring it up with you because I feel like you have a, a more depth of knowledge as far as the history of the industry. Sure. And have definitely seen more old stuff, both in just you know being a, a fan for longer than I have. Sure. And in going back and revisiting these things on the network. So my question mm-hmm. uh, is about uh, the late, great Harley Race who passed away this past week. Um, I am not very familiar with his ring work, honestly. Mm-hmm. I'm more familiar with him as a manager sure. in the 90s. And probably some of the stories and mythos that go around of, with like of his... Of course. Yeah, yeah grumpy like, and... Yeah, and just, you know, uh, Punk obviously revered the man. Yes. And, and listening to CM Punk talk about him over the course of the last decade, that's kind of how I got to know the man in the first place. Well, there's actually a lot of analogs between them in terms of, like, sort of uh, pushback locker room leaders in some way, where, like, they're seen as assholes but also commanding. It's it's some mixed things. In terms of the in-ring, and I don't want to claim to be a Harley Race expert because, obviously, this predates both of us for hardcore into wrestling for ages. But something that's always stood out to me in a really good way is, do you know what Harley Race's finisher is? No. It's a suplex. Really? Yes. Just a normal suplex. Just suplex, one, two, three. And it's such, it's so interesting to go back and rewatch his matches and see like the amount of drama that can be built, leading to like a finish that to you or I by today's standards, something finishes with a suplex, you're like, Oh, you see these all the time. And, and just in rewatching some of – I haven't rewatched any of his full matches since he passed, but I've just been watching – you've seen, I'm sure, all the highlight clips and mm-hmm. packages that have been coming out. And it does stand out to me that it's like – I've watched a lot of his promos over the course of the last couple of days I mean, here great sure. promo. And, yeah. And underrated look when he has the brown hair but the gray sideburns. That is – that's a look and a half for me. It's a lot like Dusty, though, in that I feel like the way these guys get remembered when they pass away is more – through promos and moments like that than their actual ring work because obviously it's easier to put together a tribute package that just has a lot of you know sound bites and talking clips from promos and whatnot than it is to show like incredible moments from the ring from like the 70s or whatever well and and that's exactly right and it's our friend Fergie did his uh did uh Harley Race's training course yeah this was maybe three four years ago and uh I it like stands out to me that Fergie's like 
I was mortified of the guy four years ago, whatever that is. So however mm-hmm. old Harley Race was four years ago, still very old and not, like, limber or moving around much, but still, Ferg always brings up, like, this, like, energy and this intensity and this, you know, he was the real deal. Like, when you talk about how wrestling has sort of become more performative, where it was, it was like a pathway for actual tough guys more so in the past. Like, yeah. pre-MMA, tough guys were going into pro wrestling. And Harley Race seems like so indicative of that spirit to me, and that's sort of his legacy in my mind. Well, yeah, like, when you look back at these champions of old, obviously, like, Ric Flair is a prototypical heel in that like that guy with that kind of build you could get away with still being a top guy by being like well i'm a rich cheater yeah i I will do yeah everything makes rick flair legendary but then like bruno san martino is like obviously the prototypical kind of bodybuilder style where like this guy's just built and he looks like a muscle man so of course he's a wrestling champion and a guy like Harley is is kind of a unique animal yeah. because he just looks like a tough son of a bitch. Just the toughest dude at the bar. Yeah. But but exactly, cuz he's not built. He's got a bit of a gut on him mm-hmm. even in his prime, mm-hmm. but he just looks mean. He's a Samoa Joe factor. Exactly, right? exactly. That's the that's the greatest parallel I think there is in today's scene. Is just somebody who looks intimidating. And, like, uh, like that's something that wrestling, I think, misses a lot these days because yes. Samoa Joe for sure has that, but there's not a lot of guys beyond him that nope. do. I legitimately think it hurts the business that, like, MMA has taken so many of these roughnecks and tough guys. Like, I think that adds legitimacy to things in a way that – and I'm not going to get into the flippy shit discussion here, but there, I, you know how I believe there really is some gravity to that. Like, mm. and, and Harley Race is very indicative of that. So rest in peace. Harley Race. Absolutely. One of the true kings. One of the true kings. Absolutely. And ran with the king gimmick for a bit. Did, so there yeah. you go. It's really one and of the true kings. One of the true kings who made the king gimmick work, too. You know, like. Yes. I mean, not easier said than done making that king gimmick work. <laughs> As we've certainly seen when they've tried to bring it back in recent years. But uh, with that out of the way, there's kind of a couple of, uh, you know, news and notes things that we news should clean and up on. Notes. Um, as the cleanup crew over here just mop up the the news that we missed over the course of the last week, which includes AEW uh, putting tickets on sale for their first ever TV taping. Mm-hmm. They're, they're doing it at, it used to be called the Verizon Center. And I'm now not, it's the Doug Capitals Arena. I think so, yes. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. Whatever it is that the Washington Capitals play in, uh, whatever they changed the name to, I think it's Capital One Arena now. Oh, that's a nice sort of tie-in. Uh, um, Crapital One, maybe. That's uh, much better, because fuck the banks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it seats like you know for hockey games and basketball games. It's it's an arena that seats upwards of twenty thousand people. Now, when you do Whoa. wrestling in that uh, facility, is it that big? I would imagine that like the rank the the ramp rather and the ring like probably cuts off part of it. Sure, yeah. But then you've got floor seating where the court would be ordinarily. So I'm not sure how that balances out. Anyways, I would in imagine you end up about equal. I would imagine that they probably sold roughly nineteen thousand seats to this thing. Yeah, we were like. That's a hell of an accomplishment. Yeah, for TV? Yeah. Like, that's that's impressive to me. And not WWE th- is only doing that right now for, like, a special show like Raw Reunion. They are not coming anywhere close to 
five digits on their seat sales for TV ordinarily. Yeah, it, it's really it's really interesting to me, and I'm wondering how long this will keep up. Like this this initial enthusiasm. Like there's no way they're selling out this sort of thing a year from now for TV. I don't think. I think a lot of it is still this goodwill of like the first, the first, the first yeah. part of something. But if they could somehow like capture this fan enthusiasm, and I've heard Tony Khan talk about this, where he's quite cognizant of like he's it's not going to be like this forever. I get mm-hmm. that. But and he's like, and we're gonna start scaling back arenas based off of that. Like, if they can keep that fan goodwill just like to scale and have their finger on the pulse, they were really something special that they could pull off. Like constantly being the sellout company, no matter of arena size. That's a great rep to have. Yeah, but you're right in that it, there is a certain allure to the first thing, right? Because who knows how many people who bought tickets to that show in Washington even live in DC. Like yeah, I wonder. That could be a very similar thing to all in or all out or double or nothing where like you are banking on a fly in crowd coming That's right. to see this as a as a tourism destination. Um be- and because like when you keep selling be a part of history, be a part of history Eventually, you run out of things that are history. <laughs> yeah. You know? Then you get into like WWE women's match things where it's like, oh, it's the first women's tag Hell in a Cell yeah, match. Exactly. Where it's like, okay, this did. <laughs> but like, look at me even as an example. I was so fired up for All, I, uh, for all In. Mm-hmm. I flew to Chicago and I made sure that I could be there. Now, granted, that was partly inspired by the trip that you had taken to Wrestle Kingdom sure. last year because. You know, I saw what a great time uh, it is to be a, a wrestling tourist. Yeah, it's for like, sure. Motherfucker, I want one of those. <laughs> I Let want me a tour wrestling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that was part of it. But, but like, the draw of being a part of the biggest show in indie wrestling history was huge for me. It must and, have been validating when you were all over the broadcast. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But then, like... You come back and do it again this year, and, you know, we had this debate privately. I don't know that we had this conversation on the show, but part of me was thinking, like, okay, if they're going to run the Sears Center again a year after – like I kind of want to go there for that. Like mm-hmm. if I if I have to pick between Toronto and Chicago, like my heart is saying Chicago again. Ultimately, where am I going though? Going to Toronto. So why is that? Uh it's not. It's not historic. Mm-hmm. It's not the first ever. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it is kind of the the first, the final big show before they launch their TV the next month. Yeah. So it does feel like a very important show for them. Oh, I was gonna say the opposite. Really? I think that's sort of I think it feels kind of weird to me in that space cuz it's not the kickoff of the TV but they can't blow off anything cuz there's no huge feuds going. Yeah, but they are like picking their champion and all that That's sort of definitely thing. true. Like who's entering the show? I don't know. I It's just like we were having this discussion before we started recording today and we can do it again a little bit here. Like there's only a finite amount of time that NXT is going to feel like it does right now. And I don't even think it feels the way it did two years ago. No, I think we're exiting the the very hot portion of NXT. Yeah, like, we've left the golden era, and now we're into the... Silver? Dis- disputed era. <laughs> Just fully disputed. <laughs> yeah. No. People people have it's, questions. That's it. There's there's some dispute. We're not fully <laughs> not fully disputing the quality. It's just there is some unrest yeah. amongst the people exactly. disputing the era. That's exactly. just, just how it goes. Um so you want basically you're saying you want to get over there while NXT is still like you're going to a takeover while takeovers are still takeovers. And also, like, all my friends were going to this. Yeah. You know? that's It's the choice of do I go on another solo trip or do I do what I wanted initially, which was, like, I hoped someone would come with me to Chicago last that's, year. Yeah, it just wasn't a big enough, like, 
Mike and I were out of money from Japan, yeah. and then it's like, I don't know. You had to be so into wrestling to be into All In, I feel like. Yeah, kind of. I f- and I feel like there are people that I know who would go now, mm-hmm. but weren't knowledgeable enough about what that company was going to turn into. That's how you should be saving your pennies, because I think I want to do Wrestle Kingdom again this year. Really? So, Maybe same. I will pinch my pennies here and there. Should we jump into a... Oh, no, we got more news and notes, JMO. That's all in. But uh, some more weekly television announced this week, as the NWA released a video of Billy Corgan talking yeah. about... And he was a very appreciative to ROH for sharing the stage, as he put it, but it's time for the NWA to strike out alone. You know what's funny, though, speaking of ROH, yeah. I get emails from them all the time still because of All In. Oh, I believe that, yeah. Because I guess they took my info when I signed up for tickets or whatever. Smart on their it was, it That show was like in conjunction with the Ring of Honor like tech setup. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a Ring of Honor show. But it was produced like a Ring of Honor show. Exactly. So like I get promo stuff from them all the time, and I'm like, how did they get my... Oh, yeah, right. I know how. <laughs> Do you think they regret doing that? That Ring of Honor, like, launched their own competition? Yeah. Probably on some level, yeah. Like, and not only launched their own competition, but, like, just invested so heavily in the elite and New Japan guys, none of which are there anymore. Or... But that that can't be a mistake. But did they see residuals from it? Like, did Ring of Honor's profile raise during those years? I don't think it did. I think it just happened to be where people... I think it did for a spell, yeah. I think I think if you were all in on Bullet Club... Pun intended. Yes. Okay. Uh, like, <laughs> if, if you were a huge Bullet Club mark, and there were a ton of those people, I mean, those t-shirts are everywhere. Yeah. Still. Oh, yeah. Day. No, there's still, no doubt about it. They'll see them, like, pretty much every time I ride public transit. Yep. There's, there'll be someone with a Bullet Club In My t-shirt. neighborhood definitely has, weirdly, like, Villain Club shirts uh, a bunch, I see. Yeah. Not a bunch, but I see it every now and then. Um, like, if that's what you were into, I do think that that wasn't only a New Japan thing. I, I agree do, with that. I think that did transfer over. I don't know if anyone was watching, like, weekly Ring of Honor, but certainly, like, their pay-per-views, I would say yes. I think we're actually agreeing here, though. I'm saying people are into Bullet Club at yeah, that time. Yeah. And it's like, as soon as Bullet Club went away, I don't think they retained anyone. No, I don't I don't think they retained them either, but yeah. the interest that they got at sure. the time still has to be worth it for them, because otherwise they'd be what they are now for like the last five years. I'm not saying they would undo it necessarily, but it does make them feel so third, fourth, fifth rate now that like... And that Matt Taven is their guy. Well, it's like, hey, remember everything that had your attention in Ring of Honor? That's just its own federation now, and all the stuff you didn't like in Ring Except of Honor. Except Marty. Except Marty. Well, that's the one guy we still have. Hey, boy, but, he but feels how much longer? He feels cooled off too. Yeah. Like, do you feel like if AW signs him late and he like is a big debut, he carries a ton with him? I almost feel like he's better served in NXT now. Yeah, you might be right about that. I think if, like, because all that's cooled him off is that he doesn't have the being the elite hype machine yeah, behind him. It's like Villain Enterprises is not. And Villain Enterprises is still pretty cool. Yeah, Brody King, from what I saw at Ballroom Brawl, was dope. I, I loved that match. Him and PCO was fun a couple months ago. But, like, listen, if you and I aren't, I feel like we are a good barometer for this. Yes. If you and I are not aren't tuning into ROH, yeah. who. Who is watching? <laughs> I watched the GCW Backyarder show at 11 on a Wednesday. I heard that of, was awesome. It was a riot. Yeah. And Ring of Honor can't get me out of bed. Like, the federation that in some ways you could say got me into, well, I didn't get me into wrestling, but it certainly opened my eyes mm. to a bunch of wrestling. And it's like, I can't get out of bed to go back there. I wonder what that says about them going forward. But it might say even more about the NWA, if I'm being honest, because how is the NWA going to be doing television? Well, they don't even have a roster. Like, how many people can you name who are on the NWA roster? Maybe one. (laughs) Nick Nick Aldis. Aldis. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Like, I can't go any deeper. I wasn't putting you on the spot there for the record. I can't either. (laughs) Like, and so... 
you had said this before the show, and I thought it was so so on the money because I feel like I should be watching more MLW because when I hear people talk about it, mm-hmm. it's the style that I enjoy. They push Tom Lawler. They push low-key. These are guys who wrestle a style that I like, that shootier style for the sake of it. I mean, low-key is not a person that I want to get behind, but what he a, might have a style that you would enjoy. I mean, what about the nice voice, though? You heard the man speak? No, never. I've just seen him knock people out in the <laughs> ring on purpose. Have you never heard Loki speak? No. Dude, he has like the nicest voice you've ever heard. Really? There is no one. He is like James Earl Jones tier. He's the best voice in wrestling history for sure. I almost feel like we need to pause this and pull up a low-key speaking video just so you could forgive him for bludgeoning people. Okay, fair. I, um, f- I feel like he his his gimmick as he gets older needs to be that he just does like a thousand squats a day <laughs> just... and has a big butt. And then his, his new gimmick is low-key thick. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm actually all in on the gimmick. But I, you said before the show that MLW and NWA should do a joint TV should show. Should just combine, yeah. And I mean, gosh, if that isn't a great idea, because you have the NWA title could instantly be MLW's top title. And MLW is based out of Florida, right? I'm, I'm not sure, I'm, but that sounds I'm pretty right. sure it is. That would make sense. And, like, from everything that I gleaned from, like, watching old promos of Harley Race this week, yeah, it feels like that title is tied to the scene in Florida more yeah. than anything. That's that's totally true. So, like, it would make geographic sense. It makes historical sense. Yep. Like, And it's a company that has a roster, which, you know... It's worth something. NWA does not. <laughs> so let's... I, I'll say a couple nice things about the NWA here. I thought the video package they put together announcing this was fabulous, mm. like sort of showing... Because you forget they have all this archival footage of... Well, they used Harley Race, they used Ric Flair, they I used I think Dave Lagana has done an amazing job. There's no doubt about it. And they definitely, like... They were like, wow, look at this history. And, and then they have Billy Corgan talking about, like, listen, I feel like the wrestling's gotten a little bit too big and the big shows. And we want to have, like... He's like, my vision is I want to have these personalities feel like they're shooken up and then put into these small spaces together. Mm-hmm. And that actually really appeals to me. There's still no way I'm going to watch NWA weekly television. Yeah, it, it doesn't. There's no way. Like, if you can't find time to watch NXT every yeah. week right now, good luck finding time to watch well, exactly. any of this stuff, right? It, we were just talking about AEW selling out their TV tapings. And I think what makes that seem like an even bigger deal in my mind is I won't even go out of my way to watch the first opening, the first show of NWA's uh, yeah. TV, whereas I will definitely tune into the first AEW. Also, like, Impact couldn't even pull people well, out of of a fucking uh, amusement park for free. Well, <laughs> that's such a good point. People are in literal <laughs> Universal Studios. Bubba the Love Sponge is handing them tickets, and they're like, I'm good, player. But yeah, <laughs> Bubba the Love yeah. Sponge is handing out tickets that on the front says Impact Wrestling Taping, and on the back says, like, fuck my wife. <laughs> Taping. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sells yeah. that away down. And, and people, he, he can't get rid of either ticket, apparently. So, uh, the Hulk Hogan appears on both. Oh, the- <laughs> 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 well, now we're talking. Does it? <laughs> yeah. That might be the best joke I've ever uh, made on this show. That was really funny. The last time, it's, it's our fault, though, for ever trusting a man whose last name is The Love Sponge. But it, it really is, like, how many how many companies are going to be running weekly TV six months from now? Five or six. Like, Impact AEW, WWE. It, does Ring of Honor do weekly TV? I think they do. Yeah, Sinclair puts on something, right? Yeah. And the Fight TV, maybe, I think somebody said. Uh, did we say Impact? Yeah. So, yeah. But Impact is, I think, currently running on, like, Twitch. I love how we don't know. 
Like we literally, how do we not know? It, well, it used to be on Pop, and I think it still might be. But no, the, it moved from the, Pop to the like Outdoor Life Network. The bulk of their audience is coming from Twitch streams for free. Wow, that must be super financial. I think they're viable. trying to. I think the last I heard was that Impact and Anthem were literally trying to buy a network to put their own shit on it. But like, don't Ugh. they already have that? Isn't that, Isn't the, that the Fight, fight network? network? Or maybe they mean like something with more penetration. Maybe the Fight Network is only in Canada, and they're trying to buy an American. I think it actually well. is only in Canada, and the Fight yeah. Network's a great channel for the record. Like I really well, it enjoy used it. to be. They cut all of their like in-house analysis. All their I mean, analysts now work for like TSN or or started their own companies in post. You know. Is that it for the news and notes, JMO? I think so. Yeah, it's uh, it's yes. It is. It is a very bold move. I'll say it's ten pounds of bold. <laughs> wow, you are on fire to, right to, now to announce you, you're, <laughs> that you're going to do weekly television when you don't even have a roster. It really is. But, and and what I just said about Dave Lagana like doing amazing work, I do fully believe in that. But it it feels like the kind of amazing work that is more beneficial to the career of Dave Lagana to go mm. do this sort of video production work for someone yes. else than it is for ML or the NWA. Like, do I believe that the NWA could put on very good-looking, well-shot, well-produced television from everything that they've done so far? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. But I also believe that, like, they would only be doing that as, like, a proof-of-concept project for Dave to go be hired to be the head producer of, like, WWE well, and, and, or AEW. And listen, it can look as good as it wants. But listen, I just brought up the GCW Backyarders show, which I loved. Yeah. It didn't look like a million bucks, but there were things I was interested in it. NWA is the exact opposite. Nick Aldis doesn't move my Richter scale one iota. Mm. I don't know if he does for you, but it's... No, he does. He did for All In. Sure. But, but that, more but like, that was like a historical moment. Well, you know? and anyone holding that belt would have been yeah, the same. Exactly. And it could have been even improved by, by somebody he else. He was pretty it. cool, though. Like, it was a good build. All right, JMO. Let's, let's get into the, the slam of summer here. Uh, I'm just saying, like, what do we always talk about with AEW? It's like... It the, stands the, for all elite wrestling. Well, the matches are good, but the production is shit. Yeah, well... So, geez. like... It looks like, you know, we have no idea what their TV is going to look like, but just going by the documentaries and what everything that they've produced has a certain feel yes. to it. NWA, the matches are going to be question mark, question mark, question mark, but the look of it should be great. Let's hope so. So maybe, like, maybe Dave just jumps ship and the cons bring him in and he runs TV for AEW. Maybe that's, maybe that's the best case scenario of all. And, and he brings, said, somebody and then, has to bring that title, though. The belt is so good. He used to be WWE back in, like, yeah. oh, the yeah. brand split. The first brand split era. Yeah. Sure, right? And I, then he was with Impact. Yes. But this is like, it really feels like what he's done with Did the NWA like, has been like his stamp. Yes. Did, I think he's like really early Impact. Is he like there when Impact starts? I think so, yeah. I think that's the chronology. but I, Chronology? Chronology. What did I say the first time? Chronology. Chronology, as everybody knows and says it. I love yeah. to say it. SummerSlam JMO. Drew Gulak was only Lorkin. Maybe my most anticipated match of the weekend. I'm not joking. Okay, before we get into the entire card. Two CCW champions. Yes. Make it a death match. Before we break it down match by match, though, yeah. can we take a broader oh, look the helicopter at helicopter view? Yes. <laughs> because this, as it currently stands, I believe has 10 matches announced. 
That's right. And so, they are all singles matches. Every oh, that's great. single one. There's no tag title match? There, are, there is no. There was going to be a women's tag title oh, match. Yeah. We got it on Raw instead. That's right. And there was going to be, you know, Aleister Black, Sami Zayn. We got it on SmackDown instead, yep. uh, which was fun, but I felt like it would have been better on pay-per-view. That's one that – those are two guys you want to see. And uh, maybe they can hop on to TakeOver this weekend. I, well, maybe they'll just do it again on SmackDown next week no and get even more time. Yep. Um, but – uh, I, I I like this. Like, we always complain yeah. about, uh, you know, these big pay-per-views being too much, trying to cram too much shit in. Yeah. There are two Legends matches on this card, three if you want to count Brock Lesnar. Yeah, I and, guess. And, like, uh, beyond that, I can't remember. Like, even, even if you were to, say, add um, two tag matches onto this for the, you know, Ron Smackdown tag titles yep. or whatever, even that... Can you ever remember the last time we got a pay-per-view where outside of the tag title matches, every single match was a singles match? No, no, literally not. It's always like, got to f- stuff more guys onto triple the card. Threat. Triple threat, four-way, six-man, whatever. Yeah, I, I would wonder if this goes off being all singles matches, which we're not sure about what they could, could add a tag but, match. But if this happens, I would love somebody much smarter than me to figure out when the last time that happened is, because I feel like it would stand out to me if it would have happened before. Like if somebody told me this was the first time ever. That's not that big of a stretch for me to believe. Yeah. I would imagine we'll probably get some more additions in the buildup. Sure. Uh, so this will probably be like a 12 match card in the end, but even then 12 matches, it's much better than 12 th- matches. This is a six hour show, dude. That means that every single match is going to get time. I love that. I mean, relative to like WrestleMania, which I think had 36 matches on it. Like this, <laughs> this is 16, <laughs> but you're not, yeah, it's, I, I, and, and still though, 16 matches, I guess that would have been true then as well. Cause 16, that was close to an eight hour show, seven hour show. I mean, you are not counting entrances here, yeah. which is, does account for like a lot, but I still, I still, there's a lot of room for optimism here on match length. Like, there should be at least three matches on this show that run 25 to half an hour. Yes. That I, in theory. I hope. That would be the best thing that's happened to a main roster pay-per-view in ages. Give Gulak and Lorcan an hour. <laughs> yeah, give Dolphin and uh, uh, Goldberg, like, 30 <laughs> seconds. A moment. And yeah. then give something else, like, yeah, absolutely an hour. Uh, Why not? For uh, uh, Gulak and Lorcan, the only match I'm going to talk about on today's episode, it's I think this is the most into a Cruiserweight title feud. I shouldn't say I'm into the feud. The most anticipatory I've been for a match Ever for that belt. Maybe Neville Aries. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would be way up there. But it's one of these two. I am so excited for this match. I was very fired up for the Neville-Rich Swan feud as well. Sure, yeah. That was very enjoyable for me. Um, but yeah, like, you know, you got to go back this. a long time. And, and he, when you go back and watch some of that stuff, man, like, I, I think, I don't remember if we talked about this on the show or off a couple weeks ago after I interviewed TJP. But I went back... And tried to find a bunch of his like TV segments mm-hmm. from back then. They play awfully. Like the really the, the the cruiserweight division at the time when they first launched, it's terrible. Like the the backstage segments, the whole handling of it. Like they could not have botched botched the launch Bonch. <laughs> botched the launch of two hundred five live any more than they did. Like the fact that we are excited to watch this show on a weekly basis yeah. right now is in itself an enormous accomplishment because while it always has had 
pretty solid main events on a week-to-week basis. Right now, they're knocking it out of the park in the main event every week. And it has storylines to back it up. So this show has improved a great deal. I don't know how much Drew Gulak being the champ has to do with that. But I think everything doesn't help. Oh, yeah. Like, it's much easier to get invested in the show with Drew Gulak on top than Tony Nese. Well, than anyone. Yeah. I think he's my, the mo- he's my favorite cruiserweight. Like, it's the guy I'm most likely to watch if he's on top. I think the only pairing that I might get more fired up for would be Gable Gulak. Because that's what I thought yeah. we were going to get this month, and I was actually really fired up for that. If that ended up being the better match, there's no surprise there to me. But just seeing, like, Oni and, like, this... Who thought he was going to be on a SummerSlam pay-per-view from, from NXT? Not Jobber, but, like... Never a huge push in NXT. A real forgotten son. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then to, to 205 live into the title scene, and now in SummerSlam, it just gets to be stoked. Like, Only rules. Felt cursed by his name, too, right? Wow, sure. Have you horseshoed at all on it? Do you like the name Oni Lorcan? I've sort of come around on it, but like it's still borderline unforgivable to change a guy's name from Biff Busick, which totally kicks ass. Biff Busick is one of the five best wrestling names ever. Don't at me. That, and no, like, no, you're, you're 100% like, correct. Like, hey, I'm Biff Busick. It's like, oh, you're a wrestler, a supremely tough wrestler, I assume. Biff, like, there's <laughs> sign me the fuck <laughs> up. Dotted line. Does the Drew Gulak era continue here, Madman, or do we see Oni Lorcan uh, put him away and hold that title? I think Oni does get a reign at some point. Cool. I don't think this is the time for it. I don't it. think so either. So, I think we see Gulak retain. So I'll call Gulak on this one, yeah. Uh, I feel like having not done a show last week, we haven't really talked about Trish Stratus's uh, return well, she here. She only came back last week. That's right. Uh, I thought her inclusion on Monday Night Raw was weird. Felt forced. Well, they put her in the ring, but then they never had her tag in. Yeah. So it's like, she's here, and we're going to tease you with the fact that she could work a match, but you're not going to be able to see it until s- or Sunday. It's such like an old school line of thinking where it's like, oh, you got to pay to see this one uh, in action. I did see a lot of complaining about the segment on SmackDown um, that you know ended with some physicality. Trish slapped Charlotte in the face. Okay. Uh, a lot of the online contingent were saying like they don't have chemistry. This is very forced. Uh-oh. I didn't watch SmackDown, so I haven't seen it. I them. didn't feel like that at all. Okay, good. That I, makes me feel like, better. I think Trish is doing a really good job here. And like... Fuck, if there's anyone that you're going to trust to get a banger match out of a returning legend in the women's division, it is Charlotte. I would pick Charlotte. If it's like Trish Stratus is coming back, who's going to put it on a good match? Charlotte or Sasha would be my picks for that. Because like it's supposed to be a heel thing when Charlotte comes out and says, I am the queen of any era. I am the best to ever do it. Unfortunately, it's entirely true. (laughs) (laughs) It is. At what point in time is Charlotte not the best wrestler on the roster? you could argue maybe right now there's some others, you know, Yeo, lots of good. But outside of this era, yeah, I mean, she'd be the best wrestler. She would, she would be the best wrestler regardless of gender for most points in wrestling history. And even right now, like I know, like Becky Lynch is the man. She's the hottest thing in women's wrestling. She was the hottest thing in wrestling. Period for the better part of the last year. Yeah. Like, do you? Rem- I remember, and we talked about this at Mania time. Like feeling upset that Charlotte was being shoehorned into that main event. Like when you look back. It would be weird if she wasn't in it. It's so hard to say like where those paths would have gone, but I do remember us both sort of changing our minds along the road that we were happy Charlotte was going to be there. For sure. She seemed to carry the entire build on some level. Like, yeah. It, because, well, her promos were fire. Because she was somebody who was not afraid to be booed, and yes. Ronda was, which means you needed someone in that position. More like decidedly heel. Exactly. How about on the Trish side of the equation? Do you Are you excited to see Trish wrestle I again? am, man. I'm thinking I might buy a Trish t-shirt on ah! Sunday. <laughs> like, like, she's got a 
really cool. Oh, does uh, that she? Trish Stratus like Van Halen esque kind of logo? Oh, I think yeah, it's rad. I it's don't sort, really it's sort of like Wonder Woman, sort of Van Halen. Okay, cool. She was wearing it on her shirt uh, this week. I was like, you know what? Like, I know that they're just pandering to us because it's Canada. Sure, the Canadian give us tie-in. a returning Canadian legend. But like. It's funny, man. This was supposed to happen three years ago. The that only, is the only reason that Mickey James is a like still a member of the Raw Women's Division, still someone who pops up on TV on a fairly regular basis, yep. has had a pretty solid return run. The only reason that happened is because Trish got pregnant. It's not crazy to think about. Trish, Trish that was, was gonna be supposed her. to be Oscar's opponent at the uh, NXT Takeover Toronto three years ago. So do we get the the hometown pop here? Does Trish Stratus stratify the crowd and put down Charlotte Flair? Or is that just like an inane piece of booking that's like impossible to imagine? Because I I don't know that Trish Stratus is going to lose this match. Uh, I would be shocked if she won it. I am picking Trish Stratus. Okay, okay. I think she can win, and then Charlotte does a post-match beatdown, and it is... No, you're right, because there might be some money in a return run for Trish, and, like, getting, like, two or three matches out of this instead of just... It's, 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 you know, not to go back three years to the last time they did a big four pay-per-view in Toronto, but we all thought Brock Goldberg was an open-shut case, right? And they did the exact same thing. They said... There are three or four matches here, not just one. So let's fucking go. Not only that, if you were to look at modern history, I feel like the returning legend goes over the full-timer more often than not, much to people's chagrin. And Charlotte, like, could use a a humbling loss, probably. Like, that probably does more for her from a character perspective than just to continue to be the best, you know? Speaking of coming off of a humbling loss, Goldberg returns uh, here after uh, his uh, fine performance. Folks, that's why he's a professional. <laughs> yeah, the brain genius bringing it all together <laughs> as uh, two two guys are wrestling. Doesn't get more humbling than that loss, pal. I tell you what. I mean, I feel humbled by it. I mean, it was. It's, <laughs> but Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler are wrestling. But could you explain to me why these two gentlemen are getting after it? Because. I wish that there was more subtlety on the build to this match. Yeah. Because, like, Dolph was really going out of his way to sewer Goldberg week after week in ways that didn't always make sense. Like, he'd be talking about I something. I mean, did any of them make sense? I think a lot of them did. I think, I think like, half of them did, let's say. Okay. Like, when he was, like, running down Shawn Michaels and saying, like, embarrassing. Like, Goldberg in a wrestling ring, embarrassing. Like, that's a dig that works. Sure. And you're going yep. after two guys at the same time. But there was another one that was like, I hope we've seen such and such (laughs) like he was like he set himself up with a rhetorical question that was supposed to end with I hope so and then he just segued in there like like Goldberg in a wrestling ring have we seen it for the last time I hope so it's like this doesn't even make sense and just no degree of subtlety we all knew that this was headed this direction for the last month again JMO I didn't watch Smackdown this week but are you telling me Dolph Ziggler gave an unsubtle promo Uh, that wasn't on Smackdown oh okay that was Smackdown last week he said that the one that just didn't make sense at all but um, what I will say is you know what I will compliment you and oh. The Miz at the same time. <laughs> wow, I'm interested to see where this goes. Because I feel like you are uh, The Miz to my Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> okay. Because when I do Central on the radio by myself, yeah. I go into this sort of like announcery voice. Oh, a little sure. Bit. It's more radio voice. Than Whereas it I is, casual you up. Than it is more my conversational voice. And I get that feeling with Dolph lately is that when he does a promo segment and Miz is there for yeah. it, 
His promo is great. Well, at least it's more natural, it right? It gets this different energy out of him. He feels more grounded. And when he's on his own, he cannot help but go into that sort of scream, cry voice Dolph Ziggler that we always talk about. I wish the company would, like, dive in on, like, no noticing natural chemistries a bit more. Because, like, AJ with the club is, I hate to reference, like, such an obvious and present um, example, but... Mm. There are just some guys who just, it's like, oh, you could totally change their character by just flanking them or feuding them with somebody else. Like, it just, their, the way that their chemistry works, it just, whatever the dynamic is, it's so different. And I think that's underused and so valuable. Like, rather than a full character change or an alignment switch, just like different pairings can really bring out different spirits of have guys. You, have you noticed that as well, though? Because I really do feel like his energy uh, is wildly different. If, like, he doesn't even have to be talking to him. As long as he's in the room, Miz just balances him out. I haven't noticed it here, but in their feud in, I think, 2016, yeah. No Mercy, is it? Something like that. The, the blow-off? Like, that feud I notice it in. So I don't know. Maybe I just haven't been paying attention to it here. But I definitely remember it from then. Like, oh, it's like this is a more palatable Dolph Ziggler for sure. Are you into this Goldberg thing? I mean, I will say that they got me fired up on Monday for something that I saw coming a, a mile away. It, it was surprisingly effective. Like, I thought it was a very good segment to close the show with something that I thought was a thousand percent predictable. That's always nice when you can like still manage to get hype for something you feel is just written. Uh, again, I don't mean to come across as a Dolph Ziggler hater, but like, I just, they, I just don't get this pairing at all. Yeah. Besides, it's like something to like. Goldberg is probably like, I can't go out like that super embarrassing match. Like, oh, well, Dolph Ziggler's great at selling. You can do all your big spots. And, and he's like, light enough that you can do the jackhammer. Yeah, and... so I can imagine. I get how it came together like from that, like, putting the pieces together. I think they've done a really good job, though, over the last two weeks of putting Dolph in a position to look good on TV. Is there a chance Goldberg ends his career here a la Bret no, Hart? No, Kicks him in the head. Oh, you mean ends, ends Dolph's career? Yeah, I mean, I guess there is a chance because yes, if so there, may, okay. if there was a if there was something to you know Matt Riddle's problem with Goldberg is not that he's old, <laughs> no, it's that he's dangerous. Yeah, it's that no one should be working against him at this point. Okay, so maybe I do have some interest in this match. Here's what I will say: <laughs> if if I didn't have tickets to see SummerSlam already, is the addition of Dolph and Goldberg going to make me buy a ticket? Oh yeah, you want to see Goldberg? No. Uh, like, it, it wouldn't make me buy a ticket. But as someone who's already going, yeah. I am thrilled that I get to see a Goldberg match That's what in I mean. my life. You want to see Goldberg. You want to see the entrance. Dolph's a capable enough punching bag Ex for it. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I get that. So, like, I do have a degree of excitement for this just to see Goldberg, just to say that I saw him. But as part of, like, the on-screen wrestling product, I just... Well, this isn't the end, though, for him either. Like, there's no way that Dolph no. Ziggler is his retirement match. No, which means you have to go out of your way now to build another retirement program for a guy that already retired. This is the problem with these Saudi shows. It, you're you're going to, like, retirement will mean nothing. And I know it already means nothing, but it will be, like, less than dirt. Absolute well, nothingness. You see this in MMA all the time where, like, the good performance for an aging fighter is almost the worst thing. Like, because mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I still got it. I can do it, and then they go on three terrible losses again. It's like, I feel a bit of that with Goldberg, because I'm sure him and Dolph is going to be fine, and, I mean, head and shoulders better than him and Taker. But it's like, I don't want this man to be encouraged yeah. that he can still be wrestling. But it's exactly what we talked about with Taker at Extreme Rules. It's just like, it's obvious that he is embarrassed, and he wants to wash the taste of that embarrassment out of his mouth as quickly as possible. The only Goldberg match I think I can get out of bed for would be him and Roman at this point. There's still something about, like, the spear versus spear car crash that Dude, I think... Dude, that should be the mania 
program this year. Yeah, oh, I th- I thought it should have been uh, for Goldberg's first return against Owens. I was like, oh, I hope we get to him and Reigns eventually. I don't know why. That's always just felt like there's a magnet. I know the spear is a natural time, but even just like you could see a car crash between those two being something I want to see. Yeah, and Roman is like pretty good at working WWE style against WWE style guys. Sure. I know it doesn't necessarily – hasn't really worked with Drew McIntyre or for whatever Rusev. reason. But, like, no, nah, I think that Rusev feud was, like, good at times. Or maybe it was, like, more entertaining as a feud than the matches were. Yeah, I feel like the matches the, – the problem with the matches were they're just all too long. Neither of them have deep enough movesets to – Yeah. Uh, and and, and you wouldn't do a 15-minute match with Goldberg. No. Which would be fine. No, but. you do eight minutes like him and Brock. And yeah. It'd be great. Yeah, and, and Roman could for sure carry that. JMO, the man that won me the Top Marks heavyweight title was one AJ Styles, winning the U.S. title against Ricochet. Yeah. We are seeing that rematch here. I think everyone got the predictions one off. I think this is where Ricochet is going to finally hit that 630 and take the U.S. title. What do you think? I think you're right. I think, uh, you know, a, a returning heel faction needs to win their re-debut. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, though, because they do all have gold now, and there is something to that visual. Sure. It works with New Day, too. And you might want to keep it that way until Survivor Series, which I know feels a long way off, but it's not that long to keep no. the same champions on either show, really. Not WWE time. Yeah, if we got the club versus the New Day at Survivor Series and you added a couple members on either side, yep. I could be fully into that. Oh, totally. I, I think I, I don't think they lose that much, AJ not having the U.S. title in that situation. It's like multi-man match. As long as they love the tag belts, I feel like it's legitimizing in a way. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think I think now's the time for Ricochet. I'm picking here. I suspect this. Do you think this can be their best match? I think this could be. Uh, you know, we were t- we talked about it being a shorter show, fewer matches, which should allow everything to have time. This should be one of the matches that goes 25 minutes. Yes. And if it is, this should be a match that has people talking, not only coming out of this weekend, but for the rest of the year, really. I, like. Yeah. This could be the, the crown jewel that sort of solidifies this in my mind as a leader for Feud of the Year. Certainly WWE Feud of the Year in my mind. For sure. And, and like... Ricochet is going to come out of this whether he wins or loses. If he oh. if they have a dynamite like five star match, that guy is made on the yeah, main roster. Shined like, right up. He he basically already is made as far as just like somebody who's going to imp- con- consistently impress. But like if if they deliver the goods, and not everybody always delivers the goods in an AJ Styles feud. Like nope. we don't have to go too far back to find Owens AJ Styles pay per view matches that just didn't work for whatever reason. Even with good guys, yeah. Um, but I don't think this is going to be the case here. No. And and they have they've you know they've wrestled a lot over the course of this feud, but they haven't had the match. This should be the match. Yeah, and, I agree. And if John Cena could get like a match of the year caliber match out of AJ Styles at SummerSlam uh, several years ago now, but still John Cena of all people, Ricochet should be more than up to the task to get a match that we should be talking about not just come December, but for years ahead. Who are you picking to win it? Ricochet. JMO, this next AJ one. AJ can retake the title before November. I think that's right, too. Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon in a singles match for Owens loses. He'll be forced to quit WWE. I hate this step. I hate this yeah, it's, step. It sucks that they weren't able to get anything back from Shane on the other side. Zip. But you know what? You uh, you made a bold choice earlier with. Uh, oh, I think we might both go bold here. Your then prediction too. that uh, that Trish was going to win. I think Shane wins this. So do I, actually. Um. And I, I think I think it's gonna go that way because 
it's the only match that feels like a slam dunk, uh, which means they're going to swerve us. Well, and and not only that, the one-sided stip, I just don't I don't understand. It's so on its face if you just have Owens win. And Owens being fired completes like the stone cold cycle totally. of him illegally raiding the building every yep. week. He's going to be running around stunning SmackDown it'll, live. It'll be so much more entertaining to see him do that as someone who's been quote unquote fired than someone who lost, uh, than someone who just beat Shane and, and continues to beat down on Shane. I'm basically picking Shane to win for the same reason. I think they're going to go to like Owens wrecking house on SmackDown. I would love, and not Zayn, but I would love if they gave him like some NXT call-ups to sort of lead like oh, as this yeah. destructive force. Like I would really like that. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, so we're both going bold on this one. Yeah, I'm picking Shane McMahon to uh, make sure Owens loses and he's forced to quit WWE. I just, the stip is so stupid. It doesn't even make sense if you're Shane McMahon the business owner. Mm-hmm. It's like, ah, giant star who's the main eventer of my title. Yeah, we're going to go cut him. It's well, he's just... been disrespectful to him. And, uh-huh. so, and so, therefore, uh, you know, he's blinded by his own misgivings. This was always, even when Shane was a babyface and Owens was a heel, it was the same story. Like, he couldn't yeah. see the money in him. He was so blinded by irrational hatred. So there's consistency to this storyline on some yeah. level. No, that's true. That's and good lo- point. And, like... Ever since they've leaned into Shane dominating TV being something that the wrestlers acknowledge is bad for TV, it's been good for TV. That's, uh, wow, I mean, you just destroyed kayfabe. But, like, like, (laughs) there was a time when Too Much Shane was genuinely bad for TV. Yes. But making it a storyline has been good. My head hurts. Uh, J-Mo boy, a lot of anticipation around this next match for me, even though I feel like they cowered it out of it, as Finn Balor's taking on Bray Wyatt. So much intrigue around what Bray Wyatt's going to look like here, primarily around the entrance, I think. That's safe to say, right? Oh, yeah, that's huge. Uh, I think that's a big part. I would say that's part of the draw of this show to me, and I don't think that's overstating anything, like to, to see where Bray Wyatt's going and what he's going to do here, but how the hell do these cowards are not going to have Finn Balor be the demon? Because I guess they don't want to give away the demon's loss here. Too bad. They I know, should. I know. If there's, you have to do it eventually. I know. But like, if Finn's going to take a sabbatical after this match, would you not want to pick up this feud again when he comes back? No, I wouldn't. Really? No, because he's going to be gone for ages. Bray's going to be, be gone su- for like two months. I, I, I mean, this is all for somebody who doesn't really care about Finn Balor, right? Yeah. So obviously it's, it's like, are you going to be siced for him coming back and now it's the demon versus the fiend? It's like, not really, because SummerSlam is the demon streak. Like, that's where it is. Mm-hmm. And so to, he's been, I don't think he's ever been on the main roster and not been the demon at SummerSlam. I'm pretty sure I'm correct in saying that. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. So the fact that they're just, like, dodging it makes the results so obvious and so lame. Well, I mean, we're Marks, or, or Smarks, rather. So, like, we know that he's got that sabbatical coming up anyways. But if you're going to, Go with Bray Wyatt. Go with Bray yeah, Wyatt. No, you're right. you're going to put all this time into him and then just have him pin non-demon Finn Balor at SummerSlam? It's like, have some, you know, have some faith in your own, you know, what you have going on. I, I just, will say, though, him hitting the mandible claw on Kurt Angle this week. Yeah. Fucking rule. Oh, yeah, and listen, watching him do it to, to Finn is going to rock, too. Yeah. But only he's if he's... Make, co- he's making that move scary again. Oh, it's, yeah. It's like he's killing people. Oh, he's yeah. He's just choking them to death. It's I love The Fiend. I love Bray Wyatt. And again, that entrance and the way he wrestles is just going to be, does he have the mask on? Is he Mr. Rogers? Does he have the doom, 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 doom theme? Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of questions to be answered. But I'm almost interested in all of that. Well, no, I'm definitely interested in more of that. Way more than the match. Yeah. 
Uh, and I don't know if that's a problem necessarily even, but it is where I find myself. How about you? Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see this. Like I've said before, I do really like the kind of like symmetry of the feud that killed the old Bray Wyatt being yeah. the one to launch the new No, one. I agree with that. Um, like I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, really cool uh, booking, that, even though they're not acknowledging it at all, because why would you want to – you know, bring up the 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 veil, Sister Abigail and, sure. and Pumpkin Man, Finn Balor. Like <laughs> it's like the low point for both guys. Yeah. So why would you want to even uh, acknowledge, acknowledge it in any happened. way? Um, but like it it is, it's exactly what I said uh, two weeks ago on the show. It, uh, when they did, the, I really like that they are doing every Bray Wyatt promo in the funhouse. Mm-hmm. It just feels obvious when they do it on the road that it's not the funhouse set. So, yes. so yeah. like, you know you're going to do this, and I know fucking Vince rips up the script and throws it in the garbage and rewrites the entire show an hour before they go to air every week. So maybe the idea of, like, having your Firefly Funhouse promo scripted three days in advance and just shooting it in Stanford. Like, th- that set exists. Every yes. time they shoot Firefly Funhouse, it is the same set every time. And a when couple they, episodes filmed and, at once. And when they do it on the road... It's not that set. It's you can tell they're trying to do that set, but it's not a physical space. It's just a curtain, and it has like the painting hanging on. And that's all it needs to be. But like, it doesn't look like they're in the fun. No, house. no, no. Sorry, I mean, all it needs to be is the set in Connecticut. Yeah, like, yeah, the, exactly. The half-ass one. Exactly. Like, stop trying to bring it on the road. I'd rather not have it. Film it. Film four fucking promos at the beginning of the month, yes. and just know what you're gonna do for the whole month before you start it. I mean. Is that too much to ask? I mean, no, but yes. You know, <laughs> like, no, it should be totally within the realm of what a person can do. But yeah. is it? Absolutely fucking not. Yeah, yeah. A couple more to touch on here. Uh, Matt. But we, we both know Bray's winning this match, though. Oh, yeah. D- do you think there's a chance it's a squash? I do. Yeah, I, I honestly, I th- like, he's going to lay him out. Yeah, like, I think it'd be Abigail and then Mandible Claw. Finn goes out but and like, it's called off. But like, he's, he's going to. He, he's gonna he's gonna put him off TV for several months. Yeah. So it has to be. There needs to be brutality here. I wouldn't be surprised if there's blood either. Honestly, would love to see it. Uh, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. The feud everyone was dying for. Now here it is. Oh my God, if they got the fiend to wear like Bray Wyatt's old like l- brown leather like apron, like set it on fire. Uh, no, no, no. They just covered the apron in Finn's blood. That would be so sick. I would love that. That's like and maybe Texas like actually chainsaw fucking shit. Like, like maybe actually kill Finn <laughs> for it. <laughs> And then Dolph comes out to make the save and they kill him too. Madman, this is why we do the show. Your booking is, where is this fed? Give the man the book. We're doing live. And and then Seth Rollins comes out before the main event to try and make the the second save. And they kill him too. (laughs) Remember when Raven did the crucifixion angle? No. Well, (laughs) I do. (laughs) That except they actually do it. Hell yeah. Kingston and Orton. I don't care. How about you? This has been really well built. I actually agree. It's just that these are guys I've just seen in the same sphere forever. I think they've done it really smart, though. Like, they did one week, three weeks ago, that was a back-and-forth promo in the ring. The promo was tremendous. And then they did... Orton gives his side of the story in a backstage sit-down video package. Kofi gives his side of the story the week after in a backstage video promo package. Like, that's three weeks of TV where it logically built all in a row. Every segment was compelling. I've been into the build for this. Whether or not the match lives up to it, I think, is another story. I don't think it's going to be particularly great. It's going to be smooth and exactly what you expect. But I do think, like, 
Randy moving into a segment of his career where he is kind of in the Brock Lesnar position. Yeah, of like, like a minus. Yeah, but yeah, I get like what you mean. Disappearing every so often, being gone for months at a time, and then coming back to work like a one or two month uh, feud. Like that's that's the best possible. That's the platonic ideal of Randy Orton. I don't want him on TV every week, but do I want him gone forever? Probably not either. Yeah, I, I as as much I wouldn't say I'm a critic of Randy Orton. I'm just for his entire career, I feel like I felt the exact same about him, which is kind of unique for a wrestler in a way. I don't even know if that's a compliment or an insult. That he's like fine. Yeah, he's always just been fine. Yeah. Like, and, and in fact, the more I study it, the worse he is. <laughs> like, in my mind, Randy Orton is decent. Then when you think of, like, who he's worked and how few great matches have come out of it, mm-hmm. it's almost staggering. Like, it's you can almost not think of anyone with such a resume of mediocrity. Like, it's, it's really something. I just think this feud is kind of uh, a sign of, like, why it's great to give someone like Kofi a sustained run at the top is that he's been around for 11 years. He has all this history. There is an entire career worth of moments that you can draw back true. on no, that's true. and pull out these, you know, simmering feuds from years past. And I'll also be clear that there wasn't a heel that I was dying to see Kofi wrestle either at the mm. time. Like, nothing. So, and I don't have a problem with it. It's just... Look, Orton and AJ was very good. Oh, listen, he he can give you three... What do you want to use? The five-star system here? He can give you a three-and-a-half to four-star matches all day. Yeah, and Kofi... Piss them out. Kofi could use that. I, I agree. Who, but you think Kofi retains? Kofi it? retains. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think so this too. this uh, this title reign should go for a, a good long while. The build to this next one hasn't been my favorite thing on earth, but I'm excited to watch Bailey and Ember Moon get down here. It's, Who do you think's next for Kofi? Wow, what a good question. I'd have to think more about the like the results exiting this. I think Sami Zayn could do it. Wow, would really be into that. Yeah. Is it, wow, is he... He's on Raw. He's you could, get, a raw you could guy. get to Andrade, too, weirdly yeah, enough. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. Yeah. There's nobody, like, super obvious, though, now that you mentioned it. That's kind of like interesting. He's kind of running through the entire division of heels. As he should be. Well, yeah, absolutely he should be. There's no problem. But you're right. That. Now that you bring that up, there's somebody who's just, like, smacking me in the face, like, who's next for Kofi. For, like, is. a September pay-per-view, I feel like Sammy would be perfect. Yeah, I that. would love that. Bailey and Ember Moon. Uh, I think they've done a good job of like making Bailey somebody that you should care about. Again. Yeah, like she does seem like an important fixture of the show, which yeah. she has, certainly hasn't for a while. She still has her weaknesses for like, sure. It, it, it's really she's not improving, which is, you know, that's whatever. I hope Ember takes it off her here. Really, I'm not picking her, but I, I would love to see Ember get the win here. Yeah, Ember man getting like a big moment and then like some significant momentum behind her would be something that I would like to see. It's just I don't know. I don't know where. SmackDown's women's division goes from here because I would prefer that Charlotte remained occupied with legends for the sure. foreseeable future instead yeah. of being a part of that title scene. Ember Charlotte actually isn't bad for me. Yeah, that's true. And it's a fresh matchup, which yeah. is rare in that It's sphere. true. It's just like, if Bailey were to retain, what Ugh. would she do after There's this? no one. She's wrestled everybody, and you can never turn her because she... What if Bailey? Can you imagine if they turn Bailey heel and it turns out she's like this unbelievable pro? I bet she could. I bet she could do it. <laughs> that would be the funniest, greatest thing if she's just like these fucking losers. They don't know what. That's like, oh my god, Bailey's good. That would be unreal. She's just like forced into this baby face. Bailey, Bailey turns heel by power bombing Izzy. That would be. I'm all in. Smack <laughs> like cuts the headband with a knife off of her. Puts, puts Izzy the blood on table. The, oh man, puts the blood on Tay Bray Wyatt's apron. I'd love it. <laughs> Um, 
But I am picking uh, Bailey to retain here. Yeah, so do I. Uh, I guess I don't even really know why, to be honest. I, I think this match is going to be good. Like as much as we sound bored with Bailey as champion, like this is this should be a fun match. Yeah. And like, dude, like Ember's getting time in a singles match on a pay per view. Well, and that's what's so cool about it, is Ember feels so fresh as the champion. They yeah. all feel like fat. the only matchup I feel exhausted with with Ember would be Oscar, and even then, it's maybe been long enough that you could go back to it. Man, they are really feeling the the uh, weight of that. Ruby Riot injury right now too. Man, she just went in for a second shoulder surgery this week. What a bummer, hey! Like she could have totally been in either and of these mixes. Yeah. When you have two babyface champions, she is a very good heel. Yep. And a very good wrestler. Yep. Like either Becky or Bailey desperately could use Ruby Riot. It's right so true. Couple more here, Madman, and uh, I. I'm actually gonna come out as a. Uh, a very big fan, a bit of a staunch defender of a match I think some other people are cooled off on. Okay. Becky Lynch and Natalia actually does a lot for me. Uh, Natty's not the best promo and hasn't been the best build, but I actually I like the dynamic between the two of them. I think this I think Becky needs after uh, the Lacey Evans feud like a bit of like a, a rehab a good match. And I think this I think I don't think this is gonna be the match of the night, but I think this could be really fun to be honest. Like I think these are two very solid workers who treat the business very seriously, and I think they're probably planning out something pretty good here. That's just my take. And Natalia in Canada, uh, I think there's just a lot to like here. Uh, I think doing a submissions match also really. Helps. Helps. Uh, totally true. Uh, Every time she goes for that sharpshooter, it's going to be huge. And, and they've done a really good job of getting the sharpshooter over in the yep. last three weeks, too. Like, really just, like, and, and adding a viciousness to Natalia Because they don't want to turn her fully heel, and I understand that. Because um, she's not particularly good at it. She's, no. like, too much of a sweetheart person in real life. To... It's so inauthentic when she tries. Yeah. Even, even being mean to Nikki was sometimes, like... <laughs> Nikki's better at She this. was good at that. That was a I, good feud. Though. I like that feud. That feud is hot and cold. People remember it as like really good. Because like that, that backstage like brawl that they had with smashing windows and shit, it, that was awesome. I love that. The only thing I'm thinking of, I don't know if they were in two separate locations, but there's like two videos going back and forth. Do you remember this? A little bit. I remember that being like, all right, we're not doing the best here. Um, but I do like that feud, to be clear. Uh, yeah, and it's also she's Canadian in Canada, so they don't want to tur- turn a full heel for that reason. Yeah, she's as not well. going to get a heel's reception. Um, but she's not going to get a huge babyface reception either. I have a feeling this crowd is going to be way more into Becky than Natty. I'll be interested to see, to be honest. I, my lean is the same as yours, but like, have you been to a house show that Natty's on before? Yeah, people are like very aware she's Canadian they and are. like the heart tie-in. Like, it, is there any chance she could like enter with Brett here? That did not occur to me. Especially like, given that Brett is like very involved in AEW stuff lately, just yeah. to sort of like flip it to to uh, Vince, and he also skipped the Raw reunion as well. Um, it could happen. Probably though. unlikely, I guess. But maybe he skipped Raw reunion specifically for this moment, though. I hope that's because like Trish did the same. So I would I would hope that's the case. But I do have Becky retaining by submission. How about you? Yeah, and this should be a fun match. And you know what? Here's here's where both champs can go. Mm. If they're not going to give time to the women's tag division, yeah. what if Paige negotiated Paige, yeah. both of her uh, tag Kabukis. wrestlers get solo title matches? If you're oh. not gonna, if you're not gonna take us seriously as tag title challengers, then make them title challengers in these separate divisions because it should be there should be unfinished business between Becky. And Asuka. Yeah, that's weird to think about, eh? Becky's road to Mania starts with her tapping out to Asuka. It's tr- totally true. So, if like, that should be something that gets revisited. And then that would, like, like you think Bailey versus Io Shirai isn't going to fucking whip ass? That would be... Uh, not Io. Um, 
Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane. Yeah. yeah, Bailey versus Kyrie would be great. I mean, it's almost a shame those two are in a tag team because they feel like such a good pairing for so many people. Yeah. And the tag women's division is like, like, could you say it exists at this point? I like, mean, it, it, it I mean, the exist. only team that was getting consistent tag or TV time over the course of the last two months just became champions on Monday. Yeah. It's like and and iconics just like eat a pin in like twenty seconds. And what was the point of their reign at all? I felt like oh I I don't know. Peyton Royce had a tweet this week that was like kind of breaking kayfabe. That was like she said it was like bittersweet. Uh, yeah, sure. That it was like the end of a very difficult time for her, but a, a moment that she is will never forget, and she can't wait to reclaim them again. It's nice to be a title challenger and like have or title holder and have that on the Wikipedia page and forever. Like a but big like, mania moment for them. But that like, was on the main card of WrestleMania. But if you had to rank all the WWE belts in terms of importance, it's dead last. It's dead last. Under two hundred five. It's dead last. They they none of these teams have had TV time at all in the last like four months. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, finally, JMO, and maybe this is where we part ways as uh, uh, giant dork. Uh, Seth Rollins takes on uh, part-time asshole Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship in a downward spiral towards making this belt worth less than they the had, women's tag. They came off such a great segment last week. Yeah, I did like that, and the did, Brock and, beating him up. And did a, such a bad one this week. I, I mean... I just don't think these guys are a good pairing. I, I, I don't know if that... Was that Seth promo good or bad? On, I can't... On, on Monday, Monday this week. It was better than the one three weeks ago, for sure. Because it was totally it wasn't, different. It wasn't bad. I know what you mean. I didn't think it was I, bad. I couldn't tell if I loved it or not. Like, it was it was so different, and it was like this completely different energy from him, and it felt more real somehow. I was going to say grounded, yeah. Or but like... It, but then when it was over, I was like, was that good or not? Like, it's I so don't weird. know. It's so weird that you're asking this, because like it stood out to me in like... Not in like a weird way. I don't know if I felt like the exact same as you, but I did. I was like, <laughs> like a bit of that. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I just I, don't I, know. I, it did, it did a good job of selling him as a man with nothing left. Yeah, like just a guy at the end of including his including my interest in but, his title reign. But, but 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 I did feel like the week before they did a really good job of reminding people that like, oh yeah, you do want to see this match. And that's not the feeling that I came out of on the go-home, but it is what I came out of two weeks ago. And that's worth something. If you get something within a feud, because the go-home, there's been some stinker go-home for feuds. If you get, like, one good segment, we always reference Alistair Black Velveteen Dream feud as, like, a great feud. How many segments is that? It's only two or three. Yeah, it's not that many. And they only cross paths once. Like, it's, like, promos in, like, different workout rooms and whatnot. So, like, if you get one good segment out of it. Yeah, Alistair Black in NXT was, like, entirely in the boiler room. Yeah, just (laughs) entire fucking time he was down there. Where he lives is everybody. Knows. Um, I don't know what they're going to do here on Sunday. I hope that this can just put a nail in the coffin of this, and wherever we go from here is fresh and away from this. The Universal title needs re- – this is my opinion, of course, but mm-hmm. the Universal title needs rehabbing. This feud feels virtually ice cold to me. Like, I, I don't have interest in either of these guys being the top guy in the company. I am to a point where I am pining for Roman Reigns' top guy status. And I'm like, well, were they right the whole time? Maybe Seth and Dean weren't ready. Because his promos, his all these comments outside. Seth, Seth, yeah, sorry. His comments outside of the ring. Is he just going out of his way to piss people off? It does. <laughs> I did notice in the long list of people that I'm interviewing this weekend. Yeah. He's not on it. 
he, he's not being made available. I would be put I, if I'm if I'm anyone who cares about him. I'm stuffing his mouth full of corks and being like, no more talking, fella. Like, I just I don't know. I know that I'm. I just I hate sounding like this. Like I know how I sound being negative about this feud. I know that it sounds tired and retread, but it's just you have this roster that is so rich, and we have Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins. Granted, one challenger and champion dynamic is switched again, so maybe that's worth something. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're gonna have this go-home main event that's going to make me feel differently. And I promise I'm going to go into it with open arms looking to enjoy this match. But if they don't, I am going to come on here next week. And savage me. No, no, because I don't think this is your fault. I think you were being – well, obviously not your fault. I I think you were being optimistic and you saw a road that this could play out and you're a Seth Rollins guy. But I think even you can admit this was not the road you saw traveling. Even as a Seth Rollins guy, my Seth Rollins enthusiasm has been chilled by this feud. Think of gauntlet match Seth Rollins. But but here's the thing. like, Where is that guy? It has nothing to do with Brock Lesnar and everything to do with Baron Corbin. Like I don't I if 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 he had been doing if if Seth had come out of a four month feud with AJ yes. into Brock again, I don't feel like people would be as down on him as being subjected to that fucking interminable Baron Corbin feud. It's undeniable that it would have helped to have something hotter leading but up to right, it. But you're right, that undeniable. Like, Brock Brock both being around and being money in the bank, like, yes, there were there have been a lot of missteps along just, the way just here. Brock in that position. It's like, dude, how many years have we been I, talking about I would about rather it? we were in a place, and I know you're t- totally on board with this as well because we've gone down this road before. <laughs> no one but, wants to hear us talk about that, Seth and Brock But, anymore. like, if Brock was in a position where he was just doing special marquee oh. matches that were completely removed from the title scene. If he was doing what Charlotte and Trish are doing, if Dude. we were getting Lashley and Brock this weekend and Seth was in a completely different title feud and the title did not have anything to do with Brock Lesnar, we could all be excited about Brock Lesnar. Not could be, would be. If he's the co-main event on every pay-per-view, barely on TV, and shows up for an ass-kicking against other hosses or small guys and has 12-minute or less matches, he's modern-day Andre the Giant. He's an attraction, a big-ass kicker, and people want to see it. And instead, he's just holding the fucking company hostage, and we're stuck with nerd-ass yeah. Seth Rollins dumping on John Moxley. And it's, and it's been four years of four this Four years, man. Like, it's over. The Shield era is over. The Brock Lesnar era is over. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. Now, here, I have something to throw at you. Sure. I think we both agree Seth is going to win this match. No, I don't. I'm not picking really? Seth here. No. Oh. What What would make you pick Seth Rollins at this? Point? That I'm that that's just been the idea the entire time. Is no, I'm not picking Seth. Okay. Well, I am. Uh, Good. If If coming out of this, Seth is champion, and AJ loses the U.S. title to Ricochet, mm-hmm. and we go into a revisited Seth AJ feud now with, with the club. AJ as a heel, AJ with the club, mm-hmm. AJ wins the Universal title. Yeah, now we're talking. At, at like two, three months from now, and that's what we go into Survivor Series with is Raw and Universal champs the club versus WWE and SmackDown champs uh, the New Day. Kofi and the New Day. Yeah. Yep. Or I guess, yeah, the New Day. Like th- th- and that's the title. That's the clash. That's your champions. Suddenly, like, 
the Universal title could mean something. Dude, I, it, how old is AJ Styles? Do you know? 41, I oh think. Oh, my maybe 40. Lord. It is so weird that my brain, here we are years after I first been introduced to him, it's like, you know what could rehab that Universal <laughs> title? AJ Styles. <laughs> Isn't that wild? No, like, but what, it's true. What a credit to that man's ability that, like, he has never, well, he has the promo now, but, like, never had the promo. Like, And it's just like, but he's always had it, whatever that is. Mm. He might be the guy who has, like, the least star power that still feels, like, so naturally top guy to me. Like, But, but you're right, like, Seth Rollins, gauntlet match Seth Rollins, the thing that got everybody on board with this guy as a babyface was purely his wrestling ability. And it is insane how rare it is lately that guys get over as just being great wrestlers. If you put him in feuds, whether it's with a guy like Ricochet, whether it's with an AJ Styles, whether it's Sammy with Alistair Zane, Black got or Sammy Zayn or any number of guys that we know can have barn burner matches, people could reinvest in Seth Rollins like Instantly, instantly, he just needs to shut his mouth and wrestle people who can wrestle. And and specifically, I just think him promoing on Brock is hard for him. There's something about his character that doesn't it doesn't jive with Brock. He can't be cool. He can't be tough. He can't be smooth. It's just he he, he's like more comedy in a way or like snarky. It just it doesn't feel universal title quality to me. That said. I'm picking Brock Lesnar to retain, and you're picking uh, Seth. Seth. I hope you're right for what it's worth. I'm just sick of fucking every time we get a babyface contender, the need to stack the deck and make them the ultimate underdog that, like, they can't even walk. How are they going to wrestle? They did this with Daniel yes. Bryan against Triple H. They did it with, with Becky Lynch against Ronda Rousey. They're doing it with Seth Rollins against Brock Lesnar. Roman. Some they did it with Roman. They did. At some point, I just want to see the guy fucking wrestle at the best of his ability. Don't make your babyface challenger have to go in with one arm tied behind their back because you think that adds stakes. Brock Lesnar himself is enough stakes without like knocking off Seth Rollins' limbs and making him look like a piece of shit. No, you're of course totally correct about that, especially if you want to build to like ultimately it's who are the two best fighters fighting for this title. Yes. And it's like that's what we're here for. I don't need... If I see Seth Rollins go down on that knee one more time, I mean, we don't need it. Well, they, they've passed that off yeah. now. Now Becky has a knee injury and Seth <laughs> is, like, coughing blood out of his guts. <laughs> oh, but that's SummerSlam, Madman. Uh, and you're going to be there. I'm going to yep. be there for part of it. I am so excited for this Toronto weekend. No takeover preview on the show because you and I are both behind on NXT. But let's just touch a little bit on the, the broad strokes. I think we're both incredibly excited for that North American triple threat of uh, Strong, Dunn, and uh, Dream. Yeah, I remember being upset um, coming out of Mania weekend maybe. Or maybe there was a takeover since then. Okay. Uh, that like I was predicting that Undisputed Era was going to break up. Right. Because I wanted Strong versus Cole. Right. And I still want that I still want that too. at some point. Yeah. But like, I want Babyface Cole regardless of I anything. I do feel like a fool for saying that this faction should break up like they should they should really? they shouldn't ah, they, i don't know if i agree really no, well they're, they're obviously very good together but I, I think there is it's just like the shield breakup breaking them too up too early is the right time every time yeah in my opinion yeah like new day has been too long you feel like no but new they're day the exception is so that different proves from, the rule yes that's yeah. right new day is such a specific chemistry i'm hashtag never break up new day i'm not hashtag never break up on disputed era okay um that but that main event is it's weird because Cole and Gargano don't do a ton for me, but this is an interesting thing where the stip really has me into it. The two out of three falls match where the, the stip changes each fall. That's so cool to me. I, I would be surprised if we don't come out of this show with all four members holding the gold of Undisputed Era. 
Mm. I, it wouldn't shock me if, uh, you know, the, the only one that's in question to me is if Roddy can win the North American title. But if you're going to put the titles on the other guys in the other two matches, I would be surprised if Roddy didn't That win. actually makes a lot of sense, Because it? Street Profits should be on Raw, like, immediately. They already are on Raw, but they should be wrestling on yes. Raw. They are so good. They consistently – dude, the shit with Kurt Angle this week, amazing. I hope what I'm about to say ages poorly. I hope what I ages poorly. I feel slightly ripped off at the tag match we're getting at TakeOver just because TakeOver tag matches feel like such guaranteed The best bar tag burners. matches of the year. Yeah. And I don't know that the Street Profits have that in them. I hope they do. I think they might. I, I, want, I hope you're right. I hope I'm wrong. Can I also I, – I, I have some crow to eat here too. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I know that when we – I don't know if we both came around on the Street Profits at the same time or mm. if you were in on them before I was. No, I certainly was late to it. But uh, I was way late to it as well. Um, but when we did come around on them, it was like, well, the money is all in Montez. Montez Ford has the look of a star. He's He is the star oh, of see, the Oh, see, I two. don't agree with that. Yeah, I got to eat crow on that, man. I feel like Angelo Dawkins is the most entertaining guy. He is I, – I prefer Montel, the, or Montez is the better worker. Yeah. But Angelo is like – more unique, I guess, is what's coming he to mind. Might, yeah, he might have the best energy of anyone on That's Raw. actually a good way of saying like, it. Like, I look forward to hearing him speak on yeah. TV more yeah. than anyone else on WWE TV right yeah, now. Yeah, he's... Well, that's only because Stoke hasn't been called up yet. <laughs> that but, is uh, true. Stoke, when Stoke gets the call up, he will be immediately like one of the best people, not just on wrestling TV, but television, period. How about in history of entertainment? I, uh, yes, that's not too far. I, I would agree. I sign off on that as well. <laughs> so <do I. laughs> uh, Two women's matches on this takeover. Yeah. One of them uh, is for sure going to be great. Uh, you're talking about uh, Baszler and Yo? No, uh, the other one. Baszler, Baszler and Mia Yim is the one that I'm sort of on the fence about. Oh, I mixed up the two matches. But Io and uh, uh, Candice LeRae yes. should oh be goodness. dynamite. Yes. And I I like the build on this. I think they've done a really good job. I haven't seen any of it. The Io heel turn was handled really well. I saw that clip. Um, and and just fucking finally, right? Like, the, how, how long... Has Candice been in NXT? And she wasn't even. A, she hasn't even been a wrestler for like a year and a half of her run in WWE. How long has Candice? She's been, been in the company for a very long. Has she time. had a singles match on a takeover? No. No. Has she even had a singles feud of her own in the women's division? No. Wow, that's nuts. She's just been an accessory to Gargano Ciampa the entire time. So this could be her time. I mean, that's somebody who could really go. Absolutely. With. We're talking about should. like. Well, we're looking at. At Becky and Bailey on the main roster and saying, well, who's even left? Yeah, There's so many people that are in NXT. Yeah, LeRae could enter any of that uh, that picture like this, and I would be totally in. Because, see, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Because I'm going to call it. I know we're not making predictions because we're not doing a Yeah, yeah but let's here. hear it. The two out of three falls for uh, the main title yeah. uh, between Cole and Gargano. Yeah. I think Cole's going to take it. Okay. I, I think we... I, I'm not unique to this prediction. Sure. I think I'm taking it from somebody in the Patreon chat. The Regal makes it Loser Leaves Town. Yes. Yeah. That's Lo such a good call. Loser Leaves Town, and then we get the return of Ciampa to cost Gargano the final fall. Yep. And that feud plays out on the main roster, <sighs> and Candice goes up with them. I think that was Blair Pacheco in the chat, and if I'm mistaken, I apologize to whoever it was, because I saw that and was like, 
please do that. Like that like is those, just those guys were already going to get called up before Mania. They were already slated for call ups. Well, and if you want to give them a chance at the main roster, that's a great way to sort of transition the package and the feud and and all sort of this. So I'd be fully into that. And Candice LeRae is for sure somebody who could just skip NXT altogether. Oh, like it feels yeah, it feels I mean. like they've just given her this feud so she can have. A single takeover match the entire time she's been down there. Dude, she's in my match of the year in 2000, I think, 12. Okay. The Young Bucks versus World's Cutest Tag Team. Yeah. I think that's 2012 or 13. That's insane that she hasn't had a feud in <laughs> NXT yet. That's so bizarre. The, the way that NXT has just like become the, the ROH of yesterday. But if she just came out and challenged Bailey on Tuesday night, like, it oh! would... It'd be great. I'm in. Yeah. I, I like her way more than I like Bailey. I would be cheering for her to take Absolutely. out Bailey. Madman, I got to say, uh, we're, we're not gonna, I'm not going to plug the Patreon. I'm not going to ask for reviews. Not at patreon.com slash topmarks. Not on the iTunes store. What I am going to say is do do those things. But what I am going to say is I am so excited to spend time with some of these people this weekend and go to a takeover with a bunch of our friends and listeners in the small community that's been built up around this. I am fired up. And if your ears are hitting this right now and you're going – Prepare yourself. Yeah, man. Um, I, it hadn't even really occurred to me before you put it that way, but I've been I've spent so long talking about kind of the festival of wrestling that accompanies these big four pay per views. Yeah. Uh, in in sort of the the lead up interviews and the way I've talked about it on the radio, um, just thinking of it in that way and what it means for that festival to come to Canada. Mm. It never even occurred to me that uh, that we are part of that festival. That sure. Like, that like this weekend is a hashtag good friends meetup at some point, on you some level. You simply love to see and it. And like that, you know, I, I feel a little emotions thinking about it that I way. I love it. So many people that like I know from the internet like to meet this weekend and uh, I understand that they have beer in Toronto. And, and like I'm more excited for the people part of it oh, yeah. than the shows oh, part yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. I don't even think it's competitive in my mind. Yeah. So uh, so looking forward to seeing everybody. Looking forward to talking with everybody about it who can't make it there. If you want to chat with us throughout the weekend, that is at patreon.com slash topmarks. Join the group chat. You already all know that stuff. And, and of course, if you want to review the show, you can do it on... Apple Podcasts. Yeah, I don't want to say those sort of things, but that. do do that yes. on Apple Podcasts and patreon.com slash topmarks. Throw $5. In or just tweet at us that you like the show and that you're glad we do it. And you know what? I'm going to say it out loud this time. We took a week off. It feels good to be back doing this, man. Back in the saddle. It's oh, like it is. It is a very relaxing treat for me every week to spend a good hour and a half talking wrestling with you. And on that note, until – yeah, I guess next – actually – you will be hearing from us yes. before next week's Top I Marks. I should mention this. Yes, because go. Because we did a, a half-hearted preview of NXT TakeOver. I mean, quarter-hearted at best. But we will be doing a full, in-depth review, and you can hear it on the radio waves. Top Marks on the radio, baby. Wow. It's like a Top Marks house party on the radio as well, because it won't just be me. Yeah. And it won't just be you. Which would be okay, just the two of us. It, but it will be our boy, the Zoobs, as well. Justin, Josh, and the Zoobs reviewing NXT TakeOver this Sunday night. In person, the three of us. Yes. Uh, on Sportsnet 650 on Wrestle Central, you'll get our thoughts on TakeOver for the first 30 minutes of the show, and then an interview with me and Kevin Owens as well. So, you know, you think Kevin Owens is a draw? That's not the draw. Nah. You, me, and the Zoobs, that's the draw. I mean, 
the Zoobs alone. I mean, that you're telling me, hey, Josh, you get to talk wrestling with Kevin Owens or the Zoobs? It's like, is his name the Kevin Owens? No. <laughs> Give me the Zoobs. Ten times out of ten. Sportsnet 650 next Sunday night. This coming Sunday night at 10 p.m. Okay, that's Sunday. I'm just going to look up the date so that because next can sometimes get confusing. I think it's on the 11th. On Yes. Sunday the 11th, tune in. The night of SummerSlam, we will not be reviewing SummerSlam because we will be at the show. That's correct. But uh, we will be reviewing NXT TakeOver, and I will be chatting with Kevin Owens. So until Sunday night the 11th, pepperoni sticks! Say yeah! We both saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. We did, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's my favorite movie of the year. I think... I think I like it more than most people, even. Really? I loved this movie. So did I. Uh, no, it's in the, like, nine, nine and a half sphere for me. I Two and a half or two hours and 40 minutes long. And flies by. Honestly, I couldn't believe how quick it went by. It is just, like, a romp. In a, it reminds me so much of a Coen's Brother movie, to be honest. It just sort of drop into these people's lives, and the plot sort of secondary. and The music is unbelievable. It's so... Warm, yeah, like, but also chill. There's just like an energy that comes off the screen that's like, I want to spend as much time in this world yes. as possible. Yeah, I, I really, and I, I wasn't so sure I was gonna like it either, which is sort of interesting. I thought the trailer looked kind of shitty. If yeah, I'm being so honest. did I. I, I, I think I said this to you like a week out before it opened that like, I can't tell if this movie is even about anything, when and it, it doesn't seem good to me. And it's sort of. Isn't well, it's it's about something if, in the way the Coen Brothers movies are a lot of yeah. them, where it's just like oh, you're just sort of dropping. It's a in personal journey yeah. of two guys' lives, and and the lessons that come with that, and it's also set against uh, the Manson family murders. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if you have no historical appreciation of the Manson family or those murders, this movie might like go off the rails for you. Yeah, in a maybe way hit that the Wikipedia page beforehand if you're not. But uh, if you do, if you are familiar, then this is just another like. Tarantino's last several movies, I haven't seen The Hateful Eight, so I can't comment oh, okay. on it, but if you factor this in along with um, uh, Inglorious Bastards and uh, even Django Unchained, like he is picking villains from history, whether that's slave owners or Nazis, <laughs> literal or, Hitler, or the Manson family, and he is like, you know, using the magic of cinema to create historical fiction that create that fixes injustices of well, the world. And it's funny how literal like it is in some cases where it's like it's glorious bastards it's like the movie theater that ends yeah, up the ending not the power of <laughs> movies destroys Hitler. And like yeah, I, like I I'm very much on board with that uh, kind of path that his career has taken. If he's just going to continue to take like the most deplorable people in history and create movies where they get their asses handed to them. Like, that's fucking wonderful. I had a great time watching it. I also saw jo Jackie Brown for the first time. You never saw Jackie Brown before? No, never. Maddie's favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I loved it. That's great. Uh, they're, they're maybe the two most tonally similar yes. uh, Tarantino movies. And speaking of great music, I cannot... Oh. Across 110th Street, Dude. That, that song's been stuck in my head ever since I watched it. Dude, Jackie it Brown probably is still the best Tarantino music. Oh, yeah, geez. I don't know. It's I hard. love some of the the backdrops, the fight scenes in Kill Bill. I'm so. Did you, have you seen this pushback that people are trying to like paint Tarantino out to be like a misogynist? 
Oh, what? There's, there's an article this week that was like, we counted all of the ex- the numbers of lines that women say in his movies. It's like, he just made a historical fiction about saving a woman's life. Well, I mean, and also, have they seen the movie Kill Bill? Yeah, and also, yeah, like half of his movies, women are the main characters. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, Quentin Tarantino's a weirdo, and like if something yeah, came he's out... he's like obsessed with feet. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, trust me, there's plenty... Anyway, we, we'll see you in Toronto. Yeah, I also saw The Farewell. It was great. Anyways, bye. Titus Worldwide!